Welcome to the Community of Broken Spirit podcast. We are a group of people who unwittingly became a community when we found ourselves together in a business. Through years of meeting and working together, we, from different church backgrounds, discover just what it takes to love one another, what and all. As God empowered us to comprehend His incredible love, we found ourselves more and more distant from the institutional church, finding it somewhat consumed, preoccupied, and quite removed from the lives we live. It was not exactly a healthy place to be in, for us and for our families. We return to his simple gospel, to know God, to be loved, and to love one another. Perhaps this place may inspire some, that us before, who inadvertently found themselves without a life or church to desire after him again. Each season, we will be sharing stories of our members, sharing the raw, unedited journey of how we came to find Christ and what our lives look like today. We hope by sharing our stories, we can inspire others to avoid the mistakes we made and encourage each other to keep going. Hearing the voice of God, the three W's. In the last episode, I shared about this mission trip to China with some of our team members, which included our children, one of them who was battling leukemia then. Now, even though I heard God tell us to go, I just felt I needed further confirmation. So now I use what I call the three W's to protect us from any collateral damage in case I hear it wrong. These three W's have helped me very much in all my years of hearing God's voice. It also guards me from being presumptuous at any point in my walk with God. It was something thought by the late Reverend Samuel Doctorin, a very anointed missionary of Armenian origin who visited Singapore often and was a mentor to our church then. He ran an orphanage in Lebanon and frequently goes around the Middle East to spread the gospel. I learned a lot about hearing God's voice from him as for them, it is serious business, sometimes involving life and death decisions. The first W is the inner witness. Remember the Rima must come from the inspired word of God, which is inspired by who? The Holy Spirit. So the W here is the inner witness, which is the Holy Spirit. Or who is the Holy Spirit? So again, God says the Holy Spirit speaks in a small, quiet voice. He's very gentle, okay? He went sharp to get your attention, so you have to be gentle like the Lord if you want to hear the Holy Spirit speak. This is something that Asher from China shared with me. She had a revelation one day and she was so excited. She said one day she was worshipping God, he told her that her problems are because she doesn't have a relationship with her parents, especially with her mother. So that day she was crying to God for her mother's love. When she was young, her father had to go to another town to work leaving her with a mother and two younger sisters. Her mother is often bullied in her workplace and was mostly absent, as her work in a hospital involves very long hours. So Asher became the mother and the father looking after two younger sisters. 
Her mother often flies into an uncontrollable rage and lashes out at her. So Asha never felt any motherly love growing up at all. So when she grew up, she chose to study in a university far, far away from home to escape from all the heavy burdens that has been placed on her. She doesn't understand what motherly love is, right? So on this day, as she lamented about it to God, he said to her, You have got the Father, Jesus is the Son, like a brother you never had, and who is the Holy Spirit? He, or rather she, is your mother. It surely isn't biblical, but I thought that was a brilliant Rima moment for Asha. It does make sense if you think about it, right? The Holy Spirit is very gentle. It's like the heart of God. It speaks in a still, small voice. Whereas God, the Heavenly Father, is the Father figure, the Almighty of authority. It's like a different dimension. But then, I do not want to create a theological debate about this, and I will take it as a specific Rima word or revelation for Asher personally only. The Holy Spirit, He will teach us how to listen to His still, small voice, and he will pick us up and guide us even if we fall. You know, for example, if my child wants to learn how to ride a bicycle, and then he rides the bicycle for the first time and ends up falling, am I going to say, Sophie, right? Yeah. Would I say, why did you ride your bicycle like that, you idiot? <laughs> you know what? I won't allow you to ride the bicycle anymore. No, right? No, of course not. I won't do that. Instead, I will fix the bike and I will comfort him, encourage him, and try to teach him how to get it right and say, say, okay, ready to try again, and maybe even help, you know, hold his bike for a while until he gets the confidence to ride on his own. In the same way, our Father in Heaven is not going to punish us if we fall off our bicycles too, right? Rather, when we go to the Holy Spirit for confirmation and ask, is this correct? Did I make a mistake? Did I mess up? Did I hear wrong? I'm sure he will confirm with you if it's right or not. And even if it's wrong, he will say, it's okay, let's pick up the bike, I will fix it for you, and then everything will be alright again. Or maybe he will say, you're still so young, I know it's hard. You want to learn? When your papa comes home, we'll ask him to teach you. Or, it is okay, if you mess up, it's okay, we can practice some more. This is how the first W works for me. Always gentle, never demanding, never reproaching me for my mistakes. Always ready to lend an eye, a hand, always listening, always watching over me, always within me. The problem is sometimes my soul is in a mess or in a state of confusion or under extreme stress and it blocks out his gentle voice. So in times like this, when I'm too frazzled to hear that W, I have to turn to my second W. The second W, the Word of God. The second W, the Word of God, also known as the Logos. As I've said in earlier episodes, uh, we must have a good foundation of this Logos before we start to know God. The Bible provides me with an understanding of how God is like his character or his characteristics over a long period of time throughout the history of mankind so that we can understand and know God or about God from a wider perspective. He is very stable and consistent, I notice, 
especially with its lines between right and wrong, good and bad, holy and evil. Yet God allows himself a certain vulnerability towards mankind despite these clear lines. Through the Bible, I get to see that God takes personal delight in his people even in their day-to-day lives, paying close attention to even small details, preempting needs before we even realize it, always. Not only that, the Bible also provides me with a glimpse into the spiritual world and it reinforces the love I felt from the Lord from the day He saved me and showed Himself to me. It is full of wisdom. It also records the testimonies, prayers, songs of love, of anguish, of delight and despair of generations after generations of people who worship God before me. And how God responds to them which sometimes, in fact many a times, I can identify with and it provides me with the answers I need. Finally, I think the Bible captures the will of God for mankind, His thoughts and plans for us, our past, our present and our future. So when my spirit is unable to hear God, I turn to the Bible. And usually it provides me with the answers or with the assurance of what I heard is consistent with His perfect will and in line with his character, his likes and dislikes. A lot of preachers say that Logos is the perfect word and it is always consistent. It doesn't have any contradictions. Well, actually the Bible is full of contradictions I found. God is consistent, but the Bible is far from being consistent. And now you may be wondering, what am I talking about? When I first read the Bible, I found parts of it harsh and scary, especially in the Old Testament. And sometimes it is downright bizarre or confusing. For example, uh, one of the Ten Commandments is do not murder, right? But then again, God told the Israelites to go into the Promised Land, which is Canaan, to take over the land and kill everything and everyone, leaving none behind. Isn't it shocking and confusing? And what about do not covet? When the ten spies went to Rahab to hide them from the soldiers in the country looking for them, what did she do? She hid them upstairs and covered them up and she lied to the soldiers looking for them. She said they went that way and put her countrymen on a wild goose chase. Then she let the Israelite spies go and said, I know your God is very great. When you come and take the city, please don't forget me. Can you imagine what she would be guilty of in today's courts? Treason! And in the book of law, of lying! But guess what? She was honoured in the Bible and later even became the ancestor of King David and then Jesus. So, while the Word of God is very helpful and helps me understand the will of God, there are some things that are just sometimes too confusing. So, I have to learn how to put what I read into its context. Furthermore, although the Bible is very essential and provides a very good foundation of knowing God, it does not have all the answers we need for our life. It may not address some of the challenges or dilemmas we face in today's world. So then, when I cannot get my answers from the first and the second W, or I'm not sure about it, I will turn to the third W. The third W, the wise man. 
The third and last W is what I call the wise man or wise woman or wise counsel. Okay, so sometimes I go and search for counsel, especially when I'm waging major warfare or facing a major decision. But how do you choose a wise man? Do you choose someone very well known but who doesn't yada, or someone who doesn't read the word but is very gifted who can see visions all the time? Personally, for me, I choose someone who is very well read and who yadas a lot with God. I would choose someone much wiser than me, someone whom I respect, someone godly, who doesn't have any jealousy or does not feel threatened by me, or nor does she or he have a controlling spirit or a hidden agenda. Generally, someone who is older. And more experience in the matters that I'm confronted with. I remember one of the speakers who came to town. He was a very successful entrepreneur, and a well sought after speaker. He said he has two wise men in his life. One was his father, and the other one was his mentor from his previous church, where he spent most of his young adult life. His father, because he knows him intimately well. And has the marketplace experience, who will always have his interests at heart. To balance it, the other mentor is a very learned and very experienced pastor, who will not be influenced by his feelings for him. He is also a very busy man like him, but is committed to meet up with him about twice a year. Both of the mentors have the maturity and wisdom of years, and both he trusts completely and cares about. In my life, I can count about four mentors to date.、Um, I have lots of Christian friends, some who are very fervent in praying, very godly people, but not all are my mentors. God provided me with mentors in different seasons of my life. The current one I see about twice a year, and I send her updates and prayer requests from time to time. She was my pastor from my previous church. And has since retired. She was like a prophet of the church then, in charge of the prayer ministry. So she understands both the practical and spiritual realm of things. Earlier in my Christian life, I learned to study the Bible under a teacher mentor for several years at her weekly meetings. She's very good at logos and helped me build a very good foundation in studying the Bible. I've since outgrown her teachings and have not attended her Bible study for a long time already, but we still meet up from time to time, maybe about once a year or on special occasions. I feel that the wise men should not be too close to me because if they know too much about me, they can get sucked in by my daily struggles and challenges. I will avoid going to someone who is too emotionally involved or invested with me as well. Finally,、uh, they must also agree to my, be my advisor. I then must be prepared to be accountable to them as well. So my mentors, whenever I make an appointment with them, they usually make themselves available, or we choose a date that's convenient to all of us. Sometimes there's no specific reason to meet. I have nothing to ask. I meet up to just talk about what's happening in our lives. You know, because sometimes we have blind spots. We may think we are okay. We have no problems with God. God has no problems with me, but sometimes we do, and we simply cannot see it. 
So in just catching up, I get to hear an honest assessment or feedback from my wise men. If they cannot be honest with me, we are of no good to each other. It's always good to have truth, right? And sometimes our wise men may not be mentors per se, but a contemporary. Like Kelly, we are very good friends. We have mutual respect for one another. We care about each other. There's integrity in our relationship. We can level with each other honestly about what we think or hear. On the other hand, if your mentor is someone who wants to manipulate you or is jealous of you, you better think again about him or her being your wise man. So you choose wisely, okay? Best is to pray and ask God who will be the wise man in your life. Interestingly, sometimes God sends men from the past through books or writings from wise people who have long left this earth. Once, a book written by Smith Wigglesworth, uh, I call him Wiggy, he called out my name from the bookshelf at the store and asked me to take it home. Honestly, I've never heard of him before. I've never read his book before. Another similar encounter I had was with a book by Oswald Chambers. Again, I did not know him of him before this. Through their books, these two men provided the very wisdom I needed at that point. God spoke through them what I needed to know and what I needed to do. And before I forget, yes, let me end this episode with what happened to this mission trip to China, which I wanted my mentor to confirm whether we should go. Uh, yes, she confirmed it is a go. So three families, 13 people representing four continents with six of our children from maybe 9 to 18 years old then, we went ahead. We split into two groups, going on two different flights as directed by the Holy Spirit and flew right into a typhoon in Shanghai. The first group was stranded in Shanghai and my group, the later group, was stuck at the Singapore Changi Airport overnight. But we did arrive at our destination in one piece and in good time. There we worshipped God and he led us to wage a powerful battle, setting the oppressed free, exposing darkness to light, to the light, doing what he wants us to do at specific places, chosen by him only when we got there and worshipped him. Signs and wonders accompanied us and that left our China friends in awe of God. We may not see the full result of why God got us to go to China to do all that yet, nor fully fathom the mysteries and destiny of God for this city and the people he touched. But I know nothing God wants us to do is ever in vain. And Zoe, the sick child, came back well and safe. Within a year after the trip, she was miraculously healed and fully healed up to this day. She went on to even get married and bear two children in the years after that. This trip, involving our next generation and in China, left such an indelible mark on our children and I believe it will serve them well for a long, long time. Our God is a powerful God. Hallelujah. Hi there. If you found that this episode resonates with you or if you would like to share your story, please drop a review at Apple Podcast. It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content of this podcast. 
By doing so, you will also help more people find this podcast. If you are interested, we also have a blog at communityofbrokenspirit.org. Again, it's communityofbrokenspirit.org, where we post twice a week stories and parts of our members' journals from past and present years. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter.